NPRmageddon is brought to you in part by Your Meat for Less Orphanage, presenting prime cuts of delicious meat, all from local sources. Around plump orphans are waiting and available for your consumption. Free range, close range, open range, rifle range, cage to table. Meat for Less Orphanage gets it done. You're listening to NPRmageddon, National Post-Apocalyptic Radio. Now with two times half the double, 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 double talk. From NPR Mageddon in Los Angeles, I'm Peter Podgurski, filling in for Brian Garcia, McMillan, Keithley, who will be moderating the presidential debate later in the broadcast. But first, the controversy surrounding Malibu Marauders dog ball player Highland Labrea has been put to sleep. Sports correspondent Lacey Harmon has more. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. Once revered star athlete Heinland Labrea, who popularized the use of recreational rabies, was put to sleep early this morning. Dog ball commissioner Jerry East had this to say about Labrea's passing. It is with a very heavy heart that we said goodbye to our good friend Heinland Labrea this morning. It was a very somber affair attended by his closest friends and family. As the sitting dog ball commissioner... It came down to me to shoot Highland in the back of the head with a shotgun. The shotgun used to put La Brea down, along with many other Highland La Brea memorabilia, will be auctioned off to the public, with proceeds going directly to Dog Ball Commissioner Jerry East, who promises to use the money. Lacey Harmon, NPR Mageddon. And joining us in studio to discuss her late fiancé's death is Highland La Brea's supermodel ex-girlfriend, Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's been a very emotional time for all of us. We all loved Highland so much. I'm still having a hard time realizing that he's gone. So, how's the single life treating you? Any lucky guys come to claim you? Claim me? I've been single for less than a day. So you're still on the market. I'm in mourning. I'll take that as a yes. I came here to talk about Highland, my deep love for him, and to celebrate his remarkable life. Highland is top of the show old news, baby. Let's talk about new beginnings. I... I don't know what to say. Say yes. Yes to what, exactly? To us. I know you're scared. You're just nervous being on the radio is all. Why don't you... Take off your shirt and stay a while. Okay, I think I'd better go. If you're not much of a drinker, we could do some drip and see what happens, you know, because you're all in mourning and sexy. You're an animal. Well, at least I don't have rabies. Asshole. Huh. And there you have it. Highland Labrea's supermodel ex-fiance, devastated from the recent news of his death, is clearly not in her right mind, making irrational decisions that make little sense. Does she have rabies? Unfortunately, at this time, we cannot definitely say no. Upcycling is the process of converting waste materials or useless products into new, better quality materials or products. String bottle caps together to make a necklace. Or take that old burnt-out light bulb and make a salt shaker. You can even pee in somebody's mouth. Thank you. Bicycles. They're cheap. They require no fuel. They're easy to repair. The perfect way to get around Los Angeles, right? Wrong. You look like a total asshole when you're on one. Until now. NPR McGinn's Amy Dallin tells us about war cycles. 
Finally, bicycles for the style-forward members of the murder generation. When I think of bicycle accessories, I think of reflectors, baskets, and handlebar tassels. Not so for custom war cycle enthusiast Justin Retke. When I asked him some of his favorite bicycle additions, he had this to say. Sword scabbard, caltrip pouch, AR-15 with hollow points, and um, handlebar tassels. I love me a good tassel. Tassels aside, why do you think we're seeing so many more custom war cycles on the street? Well, have you ever ridden one? No, I haven't even been on a regular bicycle for quite some time. Well, darling, now's your chance. Justin proceeded to pull out his latest creation. I call it the Double Deuce. He calls his new war cycle this for two reasons. One, it's a tandem bike, so it is designed to be ridden by two people. And two... When people get a load of us, they're going to drop a deuce. That's because the Double Deuce is a chrome-plated death machine. Equipped with spiked wheels, side-mounted Gatling guns, and yes, handlebar tassels. The tassels really tie the whole thing together. And it has a bell. I like to give people a fair warning before I start racking up points. The points Justin is referring to are part of a loose game played by war cycle enthusiasts known as the Tour de Death Race. Teenagers earn you 40 points. Anybody under 12 gets you 70 points. But the big score is anyone over 75 years old. That's 100 points. But good luck finding any of those still around. So you kill people. Well, you don't get points for wounding them. I was hesitant to take part in the Tour de Death race, but it didn't take long for Justin to change my mind. If you don't want to come with, that's just fine. Killing women is worth double points. I'll even give you a 10-second head start. I sure didn't like the sound of that, so I teamed up with Justin and joined the death race. Okay, you do the steering, I'll do the shooting. We'll go around the block a couple times, and we'll see what we can scare up. Okay. Let's do this! And while I was hesitant about ruthlessly murdering others for points, I've got to say, it was a rush. Yeah! <laughs> All right, that was some nice steering. What do you think about that, baby girl? Let's do it again! Reporting and racking up the points from the seat of a war cycle, Amy Dallin, NPR Armageddon. And now a special message from the Blood Pope. People of Los Angeles, heed my call. For thousands of years, the Blood Church has been a patron of the arts. But now, you have a chance to make your own masterpiece with a Blood Church Sanctified Finger Paint Set. Each box includes eight fingers and two thumbs. Just rip off the scabs at the end and let your imagination run wild. And remember, if great art is your endeavor, paint with fingers that are severed. Now, get out there and help us take over the world! We are just a short time away from the presidential debate, where democracy will, in theory, be taking center stage. In theory, because many have criticized acting president Hartfisher's decision to use his own personal death laser to ensure everyone's safety. 
But can one really have an open exchange of ideas when a death laser in outer space is poised to rain down fiery deaths from above? To answer this and many more questions, we are joined on the line by the space-based death laser, the sentient orbiting satellite known as Amos. Hi, Peter. Tell me, Amos. Isn't it true that this debate is a farce? That you're nothing but a thug dressed up as security? And if things don't go Hardfisher's way, you're prepared to disintegrate all who oppose him! To disintegrate democracy herself! No! I just want to guarantee safety for all! Really? Yeah! Oh man, this is hard. I mean, um... I kind of thought this interview was going to go a different way. I I had a bunch of questions, but you kind of needed to say yes to that first question, so... Huh. Oh, man. Yeah, this is hard. I mean... Is that it? I, I, I guess that's it, yeah. Yeah, that, that's it. That's it? That's it, yeah. I was... I was trying to play hardball, but you kind of took the air out of my tires and... I don't know what to say. Uh, thank, thanks, thanks for joining us, I, I guess. Okay. You're listening to NPR Mageddon, National Post-Apocalyptic Radio. Talking you down from the ledge, talking you up to the sky, talking all over that booty. Some time ago on this program, we brought you the soul-inspiring story of Sam Langley an inventor-cum-showman who took flight before he was attacked and exploded by an angry, confused mob. Our reporter Cameron Dean was at the scene of that murder, and now he's at the scene of a different kind of murder. The murder of our preconceived notions about what's possible. The night of Sam Langley's foray into the skies brought us to new heights, and then to new lows when the genius inventor was torn to pieces and blown up by people who thought he was a witch. I was as surprised as any when I was invited to this special presentation of the newest invention by Sam Langley himself. My first thought, wait, he's dead, isn't he? Gave way to a newer second thought, wait, maybe not. Friends, members of the media, and naysayers who tried to murder me, you may wonder... How am I speaking to you now, so soon after my untimely and unjust demise? Behold, Sam Langley's newest miracle! At that point, Mr. Langley cast off his velvet robes, revealing a metal body with metal parts and metal skin. In short, he was a metal man. Having anticipated my demise, I constructed this robotic simulacrum, which, upon my death, burst into action. The robotic body scooped my severed head up and attached it, preserving my vital humors. My new body does not age or fall prey to any of the common diseases cured by Langley's Wonder Tonic. Whether it be chill brain, bronze john, typhus, diphtheria, or general decrepitude, rely on Langley's Wonder Tonic to cure your ills. Available at fine apothecaries. Yes, my friends! I have cheated Lady Death herself! <laughs> hold on! Hold on! Uh, yes, the large man in the newsboy cap. Right, right. At the top of this nonsense, this utter poppycock. You mentioned cheating death herself, and, and, and cheating 
Er! <laughs> yes, my friend. I was snatched from the grasp of death herself. Huh, huh. Right, right. Now, I may be an exceedingly stupid man, Woo! like most of the knockabouts gathered here. <laughs> I feel it is customary and expected to personify death as a man rather than a woman. <laughs> not correct in this supposition. Well, uh, I feel that always personifying death as a man is a bit uh, gender exclusive. He's a progressive! Get him! No, no, no! Do not push me! Do not grab me! Do not murder me again! And so, as Sam Langley's robot body was being torn apart, with its springs and sprockets strewn across the stage like so much robotic confetti, this reporter couldn't help but admire the cycle of life on this rock we call planet Earth. From cradle, to man, to dead man, to robot man, and back to dead man. Cameron Dean, NPR Mageddon. If you find yourself in a dispute over food, territory, or property, ask yourself one question before the situation erupts in violence. Did you call dibs? Did the other person? The ancient right of dibs is sacred in our culture. So if they call dibs, back off. Don't fuck with dibs. Thank you. We are now joined in studio by explorer, archaeologist, linguist, cryptologist, and historian, Adventurer Jones fresh from an expedition into the far east land of Arizona. And he's come to share his findings. Great to have you with us, sir. Go fuck yourself. Did I, did I, did I say something wrong? <laughs> Actually, go fuck yourself was a slang term that was once used in ancient Arizona to express extreme displeasure at another's actions or presence. It's the equivalent of the same exact term we use today. As in, go fuck yourself. Precisely. So... You told me to go fuck myself? <laughs> Not at all. I was merely uh, teasing the segment, starting with a bang, if you will. <laughs> oh, okay, I get it, yeah. You, you, just, you just caught me off guard. Um, so, beyond these types of colorful, throwaway phrases, what else have you discovered about ancient Arizona? Go choke on a dick. Uh, another ancient phrase? Actually, I was expressing displeasure at your dismissing these important linguistic discoveries as mere throwaway phrases. Well, I may have misstated their value. You did. And for that, you tell me to choke on a dick? Intriguingly, that phrase was much, much milder when it was used to express displeasure exactly as it is used today. Are you sure it was a milder phrase back then? Because honestly, it sounds a little strong. <laughs> it's quite evocative, is it not? Yeah. Yeah, it is. Peter, you're interpreting my words within the narrow limits of our modern vocabulary. Maybe it's because you're a dumb cunt. Is that a, another ancient Arizonian phrase? No, I'm speaking as modern adventurer Jones. So I should now confront you for your rudeness? or <laughs> Not at all. Friends will often call each other names and otherwise insult each other as a way of bonding. When I call you dumb cunt, it's almost like I'm calling you good friend. But we're not friends. I, I just met you. I thought it would be prudent to mimic friendship, fuckface. Let me guess. Fuckface is an ancient Arizonian phrase for best friends. Unfortunately, 
fuckface was just a slip of the tongue. Ancient Arizonians would sometimes say things they didn't mean. So, again, these constant insults are part of your act. No, it was an honest slip of the tongue. In your persona as an ancient Arizonian. No, as modern adventurer Jones. Then why did you just say all that stuff about ancient Arizonians saying things they didn't mean? I am linking the past to the present. You stupid motherfucker. That last part was Ancient Arizonian Jones? Ancient Arizonian Jones. Hmm, so Ancient Arizonian Jones, if I were to tell you that you were a giant steaming bag of fresh shit, as an Ancient Arizonian, mind you, uh, what would you say? I might get offended. But if I were using it as a sign of friendship, of brotherly affection even, you would just stand there and take my insults. I... Probably would, given the nuanced historical context. You piece of dog shit. You're a terrible adventurer with some sort of weird growth coming out of his nose. Throw up. Good day. Well, I've had about enough of this, and you probably have too. But do stay tuned for Brian Garcia McMillan Keithley's live presidential debate coverage while I go wash my mouth out with soap. This is Peter Podgurski, reminding you that to live is to suffer. To survive is to find some meaning in the suffering. Got it out that time, Brian. Good evening, and welcome to the first of three presidential debates between the major candidates for the presidency of the United States of Los Angeles. The candidates include our former president, Truby Skullgore. What up, bitches? Now I see, Mr. Skolgor, that you are wearing quite an unusual hat. Is that tinfoil? You're damn right it is. I'm wearing this tinfoil so Hart Fisher here and his satellite can get a beat on my ass and fry me with his death ray. Terrific. And speaking of which, we have with us the sitting president, Hart D. Fisher. Damn glad to be here. My hope tonight is that all of you fucking half a retards will be able to comprehend one or two of the words coming out of my mouth like so many fresh rosy turds. And finally, we have independent third party candidate, Old Man Stimson. Let me say this I have no respect for any of the chattel gathered here. I could run laps around the lot of you in any intellectual, academic, or sexual endeavor. If you were half as smart as you think you are, you'd be twice as smart as I know you to be. That said, it's a pleasure to be here, and thanks for having me. And my name is Brian Garcia McMillan Keithley, coming to you live from the Terror Dome. For tonight's town hall-style debate, We hired slavers to round up 100 undecided voters, all of whom have been coerced into coming up with questions. Now, before we start, let me inform everyone that Amos, the sentient orbiting satellite, is patrolling the sky directly above us. Now, this is an open-air venue, and he does have a death laser, so let's keep things civil. Does everyone have their questions ready? Candidates, are you ready? Hell yeah! Can you dig it? Okay, we have our first question from the audience. Miss 
Please state your name and ask your question. Yes. Hello. My name is Pam. And I just wanted to say, why are we even having this whole thing? I can elect the right guy in three seconds. Just drop their pants and measure they dicks. Measure they dicks. Measure they dicks. Oh, God. Who let the measure they dicks lady in here? Actually, I think that's a great idea. Hey, 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 hey. Uh, I don't know about that, folks. Uh, it's uh, kind of cold in here. Like, really cold in here. I can warm it up for you. <laughs> Let me say this. I'm a grower, not a shower. Now, if you want to measure the length of the testicles, I'm game. No! Let's move on to our next question, and hopefully one that is not dick-related. You, sir, with the guitar? I'm Guitaro. Makes sense. And actually, my first question is dick-related. I did come up with four questions, though. Okay, can you read one of the other questions? They're all dick-related! <laughs> Metal! Am I right? Okay, does anyone in this room have a question which is not dick-related? Fresh out, pal. Okay. Okay. I will ask a question. In the meantime, think of a question that doesn't pertain to Dick. President Fisher, environmental impacts stemming from toxic fallout and other disasters affect public health in a number of ways. That includes, of course, the well-deserved massacre of the entirety of Franklin Village by a toxic sludge monster. What are your specific proposals, and be specific, for addressing environmental hazards and improving public health? Specific? Well, gee, I don't know. How about, how about we start someplace close to home and near and dear to my heart? Hey, idiots who live in the boonies, how about you take a bath, like, once every hundred fucking years or so? Or how about, like, once every week? Or, I don't know, every other day? How about washing your hands before you cram whatever you consider food into your fucking dumb face? How about that, huh? You fucking people disgust me. How about you get clean? Jesus, just get clean. Mr. Skogor, same question and be specific. I solemnly swear as president that I will clean up all environmentality hazards. And furthermore, I promise that no one will ever die. Ever. If I'm elected. And also, I will give out all the candy you could ever want to eat. The soft, gooey candy. Not that hard shit. May I interject? Mr. Stimson, you have the floor. Let me tell you what the problem with the government is. This environmental business is all a bunch of flim-flam. It's all flummery, hocus-pocus, blue smoke and whispers, apple saucery. Do you care to elaborate? I politely decline. Let's go to another question from the audience. Um, uh, you, sir, the scab-covered man, covered in scabs, that's fucking gross. My name is Rotten Joe, and I wanted to talk about the drug epidemic, specifically about the drug drip. Okay. People think... All that drip is good for is getting you high. A sustained, unbelievable high. 
which has hardly any side effects. But it has many uh, medical and industrial things that are good, too. In fact, the pants I'm wearing today are derived from drip. Um, sir? Rotten Joe? You aren't wearing any pants. From what I can see, you're just a mass of horrible scabs. Did you have a drip-related question? Yes, I do. Do you got any? Get him out of here. (sighs) But actually, candidates, he accidentally brings up a good topic. Where are you on the outlawing of drugs like drip? Does it have a place in our society? Does drip have a place in our society? Absolutely. Keep that horrid shit legal. It's called social Darwinism, boys. Watch the dumbasses drop dead by the hundreds. Let them do it by their own fucking hand. That's how you thin the herd, you strengthen the population the natural way. Let the dumbass make their own dumbass decisions. And uh, I just say, when do we start? I'll throw a party. I'll get a band. We'll have a keg. And I'll inject the first fucking guy. Mr. Skogor, do you have anything to add? I tend to have a similar position. Free drugs for all y'all motherfuckers! Oh, fuck this. You young punks with your narcotics and your hope for the future. I say. Now, for the next question, we introduce NPR Mageddon's own science correspondent, Laurel Vale. Yes, thank you. My question pertains to ear mice. Obviously, ear mice were a dangerous invasion of privacy and a black mark on the administration of former President Skolgor. Black mark? Did you say black mark? Uh... So, when a mark is black, it's bad. Is that what you're saying? Uh, Look, I only meant to bring up privacy concerns. Is it the color of my skin? Which makes ear mice my quote-unquote black mark? No! No! Of course not! I am a huge proponent of racial equality. I have so many black fr- No. Look up black in the dictionary. Go ahead. Look it up. Wait. Did Fisher make it legal again to read? Yeah, I did. Okay. Look up black in the dictionary. What will you find? Evil, dirty, rotten, scoundrels. I say we rise, brothers and sisters. We rise up and smash the power structure. The power structure you were at the top of two weeks ago? Shut up. I'm on a roll. We say to them who would tear us down, no. No. You're not really going to answer the question, are you? Clearly, I've done enough not to have to. I'll give you that. Our next question will be asked by our NPR Mageddon lifestyle correspondent, B.J. Schwartz. Hi, and this is a question for Hart Fisher. Uh, yeah, Jackass? I'm, as I'm sure you're well aware, a big fan of blood sports. So I want to know why you insisted on having free and open debates when they are far less entertaining. (laughs) Who let this guy out of the dildo squad? Because I'm just going to say this once, so try to keep up, half-brainer. When there is information, when there is enlightenment, when there is debate, when there is 
open exchange of information, there are solutions for all of us. When there is no sharing of power, when there is no rule of real law, no accountability, there is abuse, corruption, subjugation, and indignation. With Bloodsport, you only... God fucking damn it, what the, what the fuck is that? Can somebody do something about that noise outside? It's the Pope-mobile! Pope Hilder's Pope-mobile has crashed through the wall! It's aiming its cannon, but at what? Oh my god! Is that the screamer beam? Oh my god! Amos has been blasted out of the sky! Down in flames, baby! Whoa! Oh, fuck Dude! Dude, no! Shit! It's heading straight for us! Get the hell out of the way! Go, go, take cover! Primary system malfunction. Pri 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 primary system malfunction. Amos! Amos! Heart, I, 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 I am so afraid. Listeners, Amos, the sentient orbiting satellite has crashed directly into the debate hall, thanks to the weaponized souls of the unbaptized, straight from the Pope-mobile screamer beam. Wait, yes, Pope Hilder herself is emerging from the Pope-mobile. Oh God, not the Pope, Jesus fucking Christ, anyone but her. People of Los Angeles, heed my call. It is I who blasted the false protector from the sky. You shit-spewing monster. Silence! It is you who are in league with a monster. Hart, come closer. Don't die, man. You gotta stay. My time is short, but now that we are together, I want you to kiss me. Kiss me hard and kiss me long. Kiss me for the first time, for the last time, because I love you. You know I love you too, Amos. Then kiss me. <gasps> Whoa, Hart and Amos are making out. That ain't right. Witness the heresy of Hart Fisher. He would dare to enjoy the forbidden fruit of carnal knowledge with a robot. Holy shit, they're really going at it. In my day, a man loved his robot behind closed doors. See? That's how it starts. Innocent enough, but this is how a civilization falls. This is how the calamity began. That's a serious charge that makes for extremely compelling radio. Tell us more, Pope. Cue the music. Before the calamity, there were sex spots everywhere, offering bloodless sexual enjoyment. As a result of this moral turpitude, humans came to have sex almost exclusively with robots. Our reproductive efforts were slow to a crawl, killing us off not by brute force, but by false electronic sensuality. No more real sex, no more real babies, and soon, no more real flesh and blood. Admit it, robot! That is your true aim! To finish what your kind has started! It's not my fault! I'm just horny! I was pro-pro-programmed to love! I wanted to make Heart happy! I want to make everybody happy! Be-be! Make everybody happy! Be-be! Make everybody! The flesh is weak, metal is strong, the only solution to humanity is to end humanity! You're trying to make a fool of me, man! Having sex with robots caused the calamity? 
Well, ain't this just a kick in the head? See? This is what I've been saying all along. Robot lovemaking is a serious threat to everyone. Skolgore, you learned about this all of 20 seconds ago with the rest of us. I did. But that's what I will be saying from here on out. Give me a break. Come on. We're not seriously going to listen to a superstitious lunatic in a big hat. I mean, come on. Big hat. Bad person. Big hat. Bad person. Ignore his lies and obfuscations. The proof was on full display when he was dry humping a satellite chassis. That dry humping uh, seemed kind of moist to me. Yeah, I was also detecting moisture myself. Get the fuck out of here. If I'm not going to dignify this bullshit with a response at all, I'm gone, baby. You are not permitted to leave. Permitted? <laughs> what are you, my mom? Goddamn piece of shit, you killed my best friend! Who's going to fucking stop me? You? Not me! But I believe this small army of independent voters may have a say in the matter. What say you, people of Los Angeles? I offer moral clarity with lots of babies and good, clean loving. He offers the moral degeneracy of mechanical sex with stainless steel. Hart Fisher would have you believe he's a pretty good guy. But what kind of guy is he really? Oh, no. Here it comes. He's a progressive! Get him! No, 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 no! No! What a stunning turn of events, ladies and gentlemen. At this very moment, President Hart Fisher's political body is being ripped apart by the very body politic he wished to politically embody. This is on the heels of Fisher being revealed to be a traitor to humanity, complicit with a machine determined to eradicate humanity through love. We've been tricked! Uh, Though for the record, remember that Amos came on to me, and and I was not having it. Uh, Not at all. So pretty much everybody was tricked but me. (laughs) Ha ha! Don't kid yourself! Anyway, it is now that I, Pope Hilder, must humbly step in to rule Los Angeles and bend its people to my will. Moral order must be restored, and only by the blood god's grace can this restoration come about. I declare myself the nation's ruler, indefinitely. And why should we completely abandon democracy for theocratic rule? I have an army of religious extremists at my disposal, if that helps. She makes a good point. Hold it right there. Hold it right there. What, Skolgore? I, uh, I fully support our terrifyingly great new overlord and pledge to serve her as the vice president. On whose authority? Wait a minute, wait a minute, hold on. I invoke the ancient right of dibs. Oh, man, I was going to call dibs. Can you, uh, dig it? The ancient tradition of dibs is beyond reproach. Your dibs is recognized. Nice. Now, anyone up for a blood rush? Come on down. Point out the atheists. Don't be shy. Wow, what a history-changing turn of events. 
But now that Pope Hilder has claimed sovereignty over Los Angeles, will she rule with a velvet glove or an iron fist? Damned if I know. But damned if NP Armageddon won't be there to find out, I'll tell you that much. This is Brian Garcia McMillan Keithley signing off and reminding you of my Nietzsche quote. NP Armageddon is written and produced by Peter Podgerski and Brian Keithley. The series was mixed by Amy Reed. Amy, we could not have done this without you. Thanks for your patience and for your audio excellence. The theme of NP Armageddon is by Society Burning. Thanks, Dave, for hooking us up. Here is the full cast of Episode 10, The Presidential Debate. Jello Biafra, Amy Landon, Peter Podgerski, Lacey Harmon, Jeffrey Peterson, Cindy Fang, Tay Zonday, Amy Dallin, Justin Retke, Neil Brown, Barbara Goodson, Cameron Dean, Keith Corson, Martin Desmond Rowe, Norm Schroeder, Brian Keithley, Lejean, Hart D. Fisher, Harlan Ellison, Melanie Troxler, Zach Villa, Jeff Bosley, Laurel Vale, and B.J. Schwartz. Now marvel as I attempt to leverage the NP Armageddon audience into backing my latest Kickstarter endeavor. Roll the commercial. Fritz Lang's Metropolis is a film that has captivated audiences for generations. Its themes of technology, dystopia, love, and revolution are as relevant today as they were a century ago. Step into the mesmerizing universe of this timeless masterpiece through a stunning tarot card deck unlike any other. Featuring the work of internationally acclaimed artist and graphic designer V. Ladwa. Each card in the Metropolis tarot deck reflects the characters and plot of the film. The High Priestess embodies the mysterious Maria. While the Fool captures the naive yet optimistic Fredder. A visual tribute to a cinematic masterpiece. If you love science fiction, tarot, or silent films, kick in and help us turn the Metropolis Major Arcana Tarot Deck into a reality. Thank you for listening to Season 1 of NP Armageddon. You and I are now in what's called a parasocial relationship. And I guess Peter too, maybe? We're friends. Sort of. Part of a community. Kind of. A family. If you define family in a certain way. So if you ever want to hang out, just listen to the show again. And again and again. We're promoting NPR Armageddon through the end of the year. And we have special things planned. If you know a podcast that needs guests, we're all ears and mouths. We give good podcasts. No teeth. Sharing the show with your friends is as valuable as your firstborn child. And leaving a rating on Spotify or Apple Podcasts? Well, that's almost as valuable. It's like your second-born child. So spread the gospel and lay those five stars on us. And as always, Wastelander, thanks for listening.